So faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ. This is the Essential Bible Studies Podcast. My name is Tom Colby. And I'm Tim Young. And today we're going to talk about how do we get faith. Right. How do we get faith? How do we increase faith? Because this is uh, in the middle of some podcasts that we're doing on a study of faith toward God. So in an earlier podcast, we talked about what is faith. We saw how important it was and what it entails. But now we look at ourselves personally and we realize how important this is. So how do we get faith? How do we increase faith? Now, in my own, my own life, and maybe, Tom, you feel this way too, that it's sometimes you feel like you have faith and sometimes you feel pretty low and you, you're really struggling in your faith. Absolutely. And it's interesting with the word faith, the very first place it's used is Matthew chapter 6 and verse 30. So I thought we'd just turn there and, and start there because I found, and this is a little Bible study tip. I don't know if you found this, Tom, but when you're doing a word study and you see the first place where the word is used, often it's very important. Like it establishes some ground rules or expectations for you. I I think that's an excellent principle to follow because uh, I think we'll find it true in many areas of our study. Right. And we'll find it later on in another podcast that the Old Testament, the first time in the Old Testament is important. And I think it's important here in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 30, where this is Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount. This is the first time he mentions faith, and he says, But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So the first time it's used is actually kind of a a negative sense. He's talking about this puny faith. All right. (laughs) That, that we seems have, odd, doesn't it? Yeah, that he starts off that way, but and he's in the context. You know, you read Matthew chapter six; he's talking about having these anxieties, these cares for this world. You know, what what am I going to wear? What am I going to eat? Where am I going to live? And and those kind of things. And he's saying, if you worry about those things and you're anxious about those things, you're of little faith. And I think, boy, I've I worry about those kind of things in my life, and. You know, you feel like, well, am, am I of little faith? And some days we all are. Yeah. And that's how he often talked to his disciples that way. He'll say that they're of little faith. I mean, even after Peter walked on water and he began to sink and he grabbed him by the hand before he actually sank down below, he says, oh, ye of little faith. I think, wow. Right. And it's kind of discouraging, you know, like, yeah, that he... He says that we're of little faith. He said a similar right. He said a similar thing to the disciples when he fell asleep in the boat and there was a great storm, and they came to him and said, "Lord, we perish." And he rebuked the wind and the sea and calmed it. And then he chastised them for having little faith. Right, right. And I think, boy, I put myself in the sandals of the disciples, and right. and uh, I think I think we're all there. We're all discouraged at some point by our faith, but we we turn to this study to increase our faith, and it's not that. We can't be commended for our great faith. In fact, it's, that's what's interesting is the next one. The second occurrence of faith is actually an example of 
great faith. It's just a couple chapters later. It's in Matthew chapter 8 and verse 10. And this is another healing incident. It's when a centurion, a Roman centurion, comes to Jesus because his servant is sick. He's at the point of death, and he leaves leaves the servant at his house. The centurion comes to Jesus, and Jesus says, okay, I'll come and heal your servant. And he says, no, 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 just say the word, and he'll be healed. And Jesus is so amazed at this example of faith that in verse 10 it says, and when Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to those who followed him, truly I tell you, with no one in Israel have I found such faith. And actually in other translations, in the King James and the NIV, it says great faith. I haven't found such great faith. No, not in Israel. So we can look at this example and we can see that we can have that faith. We can have a great faith. And the amazing thing about this is that this is a a Gentile. This is a Roman who has this tremendous faith because he believed that Jesus could heal at a distance. Right. Now, this was an individual who was obviously alert to the things that were going on in the world around him. Right. He had heard about this man, Jesus, and because of what he had seen happen and that he could heal, he knew it was not a matter of Jesus has to touch him. He knew that he could heal from near or far from what he understood about what had been happening. Right. So it's, it's amazing that he, he actually, from Luke's record, if you compare the gospel accounts, he actually grabs a centurion and he turns him around to face the whole crowd and says, he puts him up as an example of great faith, right? Right. And so the Jews have been going, this man, they, they hated Jesus anyway. Many of them did. And they are saying, he's complimenting a Gentile. Yeah. Right? It's amazing, and it's, it? yeah. it's an evidence to us that it doesn't make any difference whether we're Jew or Gentile. It's faith that can save us right? by the grace of God. Right. So what we have here in Matthew chapter 8, if we look at what's being talked about here, he marveled and said that he hadn't found so great faith in Israel. And then he went on to say in verse 11, I tell you, many will come from east and west and recline at table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, while the sons of the kingdom will be thrown into outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So what Jesus is making reference to in connection with this Gentile is it is the faith that will save a person, not their national identity. And that would have been a remarkable thing for the Jews uh, they, they, that's one of the reasons why they couldn't believe in Jesus because yeah. he was bringing principles to them that were outside of their f- frame of reference. Right. And, and uh, there was a similar incident because, well, let's put it this way. The promises to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob were that they would inherit a, a kingdom. Right. They would inherit a land. And he's, Jesus is saying here that, Many will sit down with them in the time of promise 
It's not a promise that had already come. It's a promise that would come in the future. We will talk at other times about the kingdom of God and when it will be and those types of things. But what he is saying to the people who are listening to him is, those who should hear may not, and those who are outside of Israel are listening and hearing, and that's the critical ingredient. And we have another example of that, actually, in Matthew chapter 15. Another great faith. Another great faith. This is about a Canaanitish woman. Uh, so another can- Gentile. Another Gentile. She was not a Jew, and she came to Jesus and said to him in Matthew chapter 15 and verse 22, midway through the verse, she says, have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. But Jesus didn't answer her a word. And his disciples came and begged him, saying, send her away, for she is crying out after us. He, that is Jesus, answered and said, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. And he answered, it is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. She said, yes, Lord, but even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered her, O woman, great is your faith. Be it done for you as you desire. And her daughter was healed instantly. But here we have another instant of Jesus saying, if I see faith in an individual, I will be with them. Right? Right. And he commends them for their great faith. He commends them. It's an interesting fact that he says he was sent to the house of Israel and that he was to preach to them. But he's revealing in here that his preaching is international. It's universal. It doesn't apply only to the Jews. It applies to those people who develop a faith in him and in his father. Right. And the amazing thing with her too is you see that persistence there, and there's a, there's a persistence in faith that keeps at it, right? You know, and so it's amazing that these are bo- these both stories, both commended for their great faith, are both Gentiles who are taking hold of the promises that were given to to Abraham and to the Jews. They realize their place. She realized that she was a dog. That's that's right. how the Jews refer to Gentiles. Yet she says, "We eat the crumbs. We eat." Eat all the the teachings that that come from, you know, just scattered right. to us. And he said, "You want this, you will have it." Yeah. Right. If you believe, and she 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 did. Against all odds, she was persistent and wanted the Lord to do that, and that would have had a a profound impact on the rest of her life. Right. So we have two great examples here, Tom, about a great faith that we, even though he says we might have little faith, we can develop this great faith. So how, from a biblical perspective, do we get this faith? Well, there's many things that develop it, but the verse that we read at the outset of the podcast was from Romans 10 and verse 7, that faith cometh by hearing, and hearing is the word of God. That's a defining verse. There. That's yeah. the defining verse. But we have incidents like this in a person's life. You might uh, relate them to the example of the Apostle Paul and the uh, what he had on the road to Damascus. Many people think that they've got to have something like this in their life oh, to just develop some sort faith. of in- instantaneous An inspirational kind of, oh, moment, open, right? Yeah. That happens to some people, but it doesn't happen to most. Right. And so... The word of God in the verse we have says that faith cometh by 
hearing the word of God. And so, just just to back that up, uh, sure. uh, faith doesn't come instantaneously, but there a lot of times there does seem to come an aha moment where you're able to draw all of that you've heard together and just right. see that kind of thread throughout all of Scripture of God's God's purpose, right? And you kind of go ah, oh, and it just really starts to gel together. At, at it it does point, yeah. because I've listened to the Word of God, yeah. I've understood it, and now I'm beginning to see it evidence of it in things that are happening in my life or in the lives of people around me in the world. I can see the evidence of what God has said he is going to do, he will do. Jesus did these things. He performed miracles that made people listen to what he had to say because he came preaching a message, and that message was the kingdom of God and the salvation that he would provide, the forgiveness of sins. But they had to hear that. The miracles were something that just caught their attention to make them listen to what he had yeah. to say. You know, I've, I've had people ask me, well, how do I know if I have faith? You know, and it's it's a hard question because it's kind of like, well, how do you know you're in love? And it's an experience that you experience, but it's it's like when a fog just kind of lifts, right? It's not an instantaneous kind of thing. It's just like you start seeing things more clearly and they start, they start coming out. They certainly do. And so we think of this concept of faith cometh by hearing. And... We're not going to go there and read it all, but there's a section in the fourth chapter of Deuteronomy where Moses talks to the children of Israel about the day that they gathered together before the mountain and the voice of God spoke to them out of the mountain, which was on fire and full of darkness and clouds. And what they were told was, you didn't see anything. You heard a voice. And that voice told you what you need to do. And then Moses went on to tell them that they were never to worship something that they could see with their eyes, whether it be the earth around them, whether it be animals in the earth, whether it be the sun, the moon, the stars, they were never to make an image of something that they saw and worship it. And right. So it says, you heard a voice. You did not see a form. You did not see me. You just heard my commandments. So that's what you need to do. You need to listen. It's interesting that, Going on into Deuteronomy chapter 30, Moses there is telling the children that the word of God is all around them and that they will hear it. As a matter of fact, in our verse in Romans chapter 10 and 17, we go back there, the chapter, the context of the chapter when Paul says, so faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of God, he is quoting from Moses in Deuteronomy chapter 30. Right, earlier in the chapter, he quotes right, straight he from quotes Deuteronomy. from Moses saying, the word is near you. Yeah. It's in your mind, it's in your mouth, and it's in your heart. The yeah. word of faith, he calls it in verse 8. Eight, yeah. Right? And then you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. We go back to that subject in the early podcast about resurrection. You have to believe that. And so he's talking about the fact that the word of God is ever present. He has revealed it unto men. It is contained in the the book we know as the Bible, which is the number one best-selling book of all time. And it's available to people and has been available for centuries for people to read. And so we come to that and realize that we need to listen to God's word. And, you know, in the Bible, 
going back to that reference to Deuteronomy, he's saying, don't trust your eyes. Mm-hmm. And when we look at examples of, of characters in the scripture, we see that trusting what they saw with their eyes is what got them in trouble. An example would be Eve in the Garden of Eden. It says that she saw the fruit of the tree right. and she desired it. Even though uh, she knew the word of God, she had heard the word, yeah. Right, right. She, uh, we have the example of Samson on two different occasions in, in Judges, chapter 14 and 16. We're told that he saw a woman yeah. and, and he went after that. And we even have that uh, with with King David, with Bathsheba. It says that he went out on his roof and he saw a woman. And the enticement, therefore, to us is anything that we desire. And usually it's our eyes that makes that, that triggers that enticement and, and makes us pursue it. You know, and then we think of the epistle of James in, in the first chapter, the 14th verse. And in the 19th verse, it tells us that we would be swift to hear and slow to speak. Okay. So once again, we get this concept all that's all through the Word of God. I want you to hear me. It makes me think of the parable of the rich man and Lazarus. Jesus was talking in this parable about a rich man and Lazarus. And the man, the rich man Lazarus said to Jesus, I want you to, to bring someone from the dead. Yeah. Raise Lazarus, send Lazarus to my brothers so that they see him and they won't have they'll, the fall to them. What's happened him. to me? And Jesus said, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. Right. And then the rich man said, no, but if one was raised from the dead, they would believe. And Jesus said, if they won't hear Moses and the prophets, then they won't believe even though one is raised from the dead. So the critical ingredient is hearing the word of God. And if we follow that theme as we study the Word of God, we're going to see that we need to hear the Word of God. And so we that's, also that's, have, for, that's from Luke 16, verse 31, just for anybody who's interested. Oh, that's right. 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 Uh, yeah. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> but the parable of rich man and Lazarus is in Luke chapter 16. And the, the, the last three verses are where that is said. So the idea is that we learn by what we hear. And then with this knowledge in our mind, what we've learned is reinforced by what we see going on in the world around us. And that, I think, is a principle that is behind the fact that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And then we see the outworking of the word of God in the world around us and the evidence that is therein. And that's how we develop faith. Right. Oh, very good, Tom. Yeah, there's there's a lot there to, to ponder, but this... The hearing is is the process, the hearing of the Word of God. So, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, this is just a small part of it, right? I mean, we were really encourage people to to read the Scriptures, to listen to it, and to, to hear it. And that's what it's all about, is increasing our faith. A study tactic that I often use is when I'm by myself and I'm reading the Bible, I often read it out loud. Right. Because I'm seeing it with my eyes. I'm processing it in my mind, and then I'm speaking it, and at the same time, I'm hearing it. So all of the senses are involved, and that's what God is trying to get us to do. Use the senses I've given you to listen to what I have to say. Yeah, listen, immerse yourself in it, right? So it's just a little trick that I find helps me concentrate better. Let me ask you this, Tom, because I I was reading up another commentary said that uh, faith is not given to us by God, but it's something that we develop on our own, and I, I... thought about that and I went, oh, I, I, I don't know about that, you know, because can we pray for faith? Yeah, I think we can pray for faith. 
if the Bible makes anything clear, it's that God wants us to develop faith. Yeah. He gives us the evidence that we might develop faith. He just doesn't make us develop it, right? Right. So we can pray for that faith because that's part of our demonstration to God that we want faith. Right. Just as we saw that people that weren't Jews hadn't learned about the Jewish religion, they developed faith by the things they saw. Well, yeah, like the centurion and everything. Right. There's another example that stands out to me. It's in Mark chapter 9 and verse 24, uh, getting back to a, another healing incident. And this one just kind of just sticks with me all the time. I, I think about this. This is a, a father who had a boy who would be convulsed and rolling and foaming on the mouth. He was epileptic. And he comes to Jesus, and he pleads to Jesus, and in, in, this is Mark chapter 9, verse 22, if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus says to him in verse 23, if you can, all things are possible for one who believes. And I just love the response of the father in verse 24. He says, immediately, the father of the child, he cried out and said, I believe, help my unbelief. And so in his desperation as a father to the son, you know, he's saying, I believe, help thou my unbelief. And you see this contradictory kind of nature that comes out. I think we can all relate to that. We can all relate to that. You know, we Because we are sometimes more strong in our faith than at other times. Right. And we can grasp a hold of those words. And often they're part of my prayers too. You know, I believe, help thou my unbelief. He's, he's crying out to Jesus to help him in his faith so right. that this might be possible. And so we have examples of that. In Luke 17, verse 5, the disciples asked Jesus to increase our faith. And in Luke 22, in verse 32, this one to me is most amazing, but Jesus says to Peter, he says, I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. So Jesus was praying for people's faith. Can we pray for not only our own faith, but for, for other people's faith? Well, I think, th- I think the incidents in Scripture tell us that, yes, we can. So the idea that God doesn't give us faith, well, I, he gives us the evidence to have faith, and right. that's what he wants us to do. Because, I, uh, you know, he says multiple times in the Scriptures that he's not willing that any should perish, but right. that all might come unto repentance, right? And repentance leads to faith. Right. And I think it, it, it doesn't contradict anything you're saying about hearing the word of God and developing faith. I mean, there's, we have to do that. We have to, in our life, that, that's our development. That's our exercise is to read the word of God and develop that faith. But we realize that we, we can't do it just by ourselves. And, and it's all tied to the word of God, though. And there's, I think of uh, Psalm 119 and verse 18. There's this just this lovely phrase, again, that hopefully sticks with you. But there the psalmist says, Open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. Right? So it's just this, how we approach Scripture is in prayer to God to say, I know there's there's just gems, there's just hidden treasures here for me to discover. Help me see it. Right? right? And if we have that attitude coming towards scripture, God is going to reward us. And it goes back to another phrase that Jesus says, and it's used in the Bible, says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Right. And that's in in 
in context of the parables that Jesus would speak that were often hidden to those who said, ah, oh, I don't have time for that, you know, oh, you know, there's nothing there. They're just stories or those kind of things. There's but for, a message here for you. But for those it. who have that intent to say there's something here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, I want to discover what it is. Right. What, God will bless us with that understanding. Right. And, and there's a place when uh, Jesus says men ought always to pray and not to faint. And I think praying for faith when we're weak is something that Jesus would heartily endorse. Yes. Yeah, right. <laughs> so so we've seen faith comes by hearing the word of God. Faith comes from you know praying to God that our eyes might be open to the, the scripture. Right. And I mean, is there is there any other things that you can think of of developing faith in our life? Well, yes, there is. And Let's turn to 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 7. Why don't you start at verse 6? Yeah, I think I will. I was just looking at that. It says, In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. I'm going to read the next verse because we've read this verse before. It says, though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice that joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. This concept lends itself to the fact that God does try and bring us to faith. He doesn't make us have it. But he does try and bring it to us. Right. And that is that we are tested. And if we look throughout the scriptures, we will see that various individuals throughout the scriptures have been tested time and time again. And if we turn back over to Hebrews chapter 12, we have a a chapter which the heading of the chapter is called Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. The perfecter of our faith. The perfecter so of the, our yeah, faith. The maturing of it. The maturing, of making it. it complete. And when we read there in chapter 12 and verse 1, it says, Therefore, we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside, also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of God. You know, there's a place in Scripture that tells us that if God tested the Lord Jesus Christ, do we not think he will test us? Right. And and the Scriptures tell us that. It goes on to tell us here. It says, talking of Jesus, consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, so that ye may not grow weary or faint-hearted. In your struggle against sin, ye have not yet resisted to the point of shedding blood, and have forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons. And before I read this next verse, I'm going to tell you that this is a quote from Proverbs chapter 3, verses 11 and 12, which was written by Solomon. Okay. But this is what the Apostle Paul is fading here, He's, or quoting here. He says, don't forget the exhortation. It says, my son... Do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the ones he loves and chastises 
every son whom he receives. He goes on to say, the Apostle Paul, that, that was the end of the quote, he says, it is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline, in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Besides this, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the Father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time, as it seemed best to them. But he disciplines us for our good, that we may share his holiness. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Yeah, You know, there's a phrase in the Bible that says, things will come forth as tried gold or as gold that's been refined in the furnace. Well, I think you're talking about, Job says that. That's one of my favorite verses because Job says, uh, when he has tried me, I shall come forth as gold. Right. That is... Uh, Job 23, 23, verse 10, yeah. 23 and verse 10. So that's the idea. And when we stop and think about it, you know, Solomon used the principle, and Paul quotes it, that says, our God is going to put our faith to the test. He did it to Noah. He did it to Moses. He did it to Abraham. He did it to all the people down through the scriptures. And we should not think it strange that it happens to us. Right. But what we can take great solace in is that it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness if we're trained by it. I think the authorized version says to those who are exercised Exercised. thereby. But the idea is that's what being a disciple is. We've been taught. And sometimes the lessons are harder than others. Yeah. So faith is made perfect in the trials that God puts us through. That's a great point, Tom, because like we're talking about getting faith and increasing in faith. God is still working with us through our, our trials. Sometimes we might think about that backwards because we might think, oh, my faith will increase during the good times so that when trials come, my faith will be like this gas gauge and I'll be full and then I'll, I won't go down to empty before the trial's over or something like that, right? Well, but it's actually the opposite because it's during those trials that our faith is increased. That's what he's saying here, that it's purified and made as pure gold. We realize when things are beyond our control, yeah. how much we need God. Oh, uh, yeah, lives. that's a great point. Yeah, Right? And so... Because faith apt- is trust and reliance on right. God. Right. And we're more apt to pray to God earnestly in time of trouble than we are in time of ease. Yes. <laughs> that's the hard lesson, I guess, for <laughs> this the end of this podcast to think about, you know, the trials that we're to welcome from God, even though it's not pleasant, as it says in, in Hebrews chapter 12. So thanks, Tom, for this this session. That's been really awesome because we've been talking about how we often feel that we're little of faith and that we and we have this desperation that we want to have that great faith as the examples of old that we've seen in Hebrews chapter 11. We give insurance by God that we we can develop that great faith that and be mature, but we have to hear the word of God. We have to have that attitude towards the word of God that every day we're taking in the word of God to develop that faith. That's how God has established that we develop it and we can pray for it and that God will open our eyes to scripture and we can 
be thankful that he treats us like sons and daughters, and that he chastises us, and he's testing the genuineness of our faith. And that's the God working in our lives to, to increase our faith. Right. So we hope this uh, podcast is helpful because you know, the scriptures tell us that we're, we ought always be ready to give an answer to anybody who asks us of the hope that is in us. Yeah. In our last podcast, we said that faith was the evidence of things hoped for. And that's the hope that was in it. And we hope to share these thoughts with uh, those who hear the podcast. All right. Thanks very much, Tom. Thank you. Tom and I pray this one thing, that this podcast has been a blessing for you. Life can get so busy. We're so glad that you've taken the time to focus on God and His Word. If you're enjoying the podcast or have any questions... We'd love to hear from you. Go to www.essentialbiblestudies.org and fill out that contact form. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Like us there and join the conversation. It's easy to share on social media so you can do your part to spread the truth about God's Word. This is a Christadelphian podcast supported by the Book Road Ecclesia in beautiful Ancaster, Ontario, Canada. Until we meet again, dear friends, I pray to God that you may grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory, both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. Amen.